0: What is going on, my fellow history buffs? This is your host, Andrew Magno, and you are listening to The Past Less Traveled. I'd like to thank all of my listeners for their continued support. I just recently surpassed the 500 listeners mark, and it wouldn't be possible without all of you liking and sharing my podcast. I'm extremely grateful and encourage you all to keep it up, because The Past Less Traveled is just getting started. The inspiration for this episode came from last night's binging of the Indiana Jones original trilogy. Let's pretend the Crystal Skull installment never happened. There is nothing like watching Nazi faces melt off and heads explode into a fiery blaze as they lay their gaze upon the Lost Ark of the Covenant. This is a story of the Bible, the destruction of a great city, and unfortunately, not enough Nazi faces being burned. This is the story of the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was one of the most instrumental symbols of faith in God's presence. The contents of which included the tablets of Mosaic Law, a pot of manna, and the rod of Aaron. The Ark's origin stemmed from Exodus 25.10, when Moses was commanded by God to make an Ark of acacia wood. In Exodus 25.10-22, the specifics of the Ark were laid out. It needed to be two cubits and a half in length, one cubit is about twenty inches, and a cubit and a half in width, and a cubit and a half in height. The ark was overlaid inside and out with pure gold, with a molding of gold around it. For transportation, the ark had four rings of gold with two rings on each side. A pole of acacia wood, overlaid with gold, was placed into the rings to carry the ark. These poles for transportation were to be permanent fixtures and never removed. The ark required an atonement cover called the mercy seat to be built with pure gold and with the same dimensions in length and width as the ark. There had to be one cherub made of gold on both ends of the mercy seat. A cherub is a winged angelic being described in biblical tradition as attending on God. It is represented in ancient Middle Eastern art as a lion or bull with eagle's wings and a human face, and regarded in traditional Christian angelology as an angel of the second highest order of the ninefold celestial hierarchy. It was important to have the cherubs have their wings spread and facing one another, symbolizing the angel's attention and readiness to do God's will. The mercy seat was where God would dwell. He said, There, above the cover, between the two cherubs that are over the Ark of the Covenant law, I will meet with you and give you all my commands for the Israelites. Exodus 25:22. Unlike the statues of gods idolized by many of the Israelites, the Ark of the Covenant served as a religious symbol where the people could meet with God. He hovered over the Ark when the priests were present. If the priests were absent, the presence of the law tablets reflected God's presence. Thus, the Ark of the Covenant was amply named because of the commandments written on the tablets. As God gave instructions on how to build the Ark, he also instructed Moses to put the tablets of the Ten Commandments into the Ark. We see later in Exodus 17.10, the Lord said to Moses, Put back Aaron's staff in front of the Ark of the Covenant Law to be kept as a sign to the rebellious and Moses and Aaron had already set aside a jar of manna in it which the Lord commanded them to put with the tablets of the covenant law so that it might be preserved Exodus 16:34 Hebrews 9:4 confirms these 3 items were inside the ark of the covenant It says behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark of the covenant. This ark contained the gold jar of manna, Aaron's staff that had budded, and the stone tablets of the covenant. The presence of the jar of manna symbolized God's constant provisions for his people. Aaron's rod, which dead yet grew buds, was placed inside the ark to symbolize God's approval as Aaron as a high priest. Most often, the ark of the covenant was inside the tabernacle, behind a curtain or veil. The separating veil was made of blue, purple, and scarlet yarns and hung on four pillars of acacia overlaid with gold, with hooks of gold on four bases of silver. Exodus 26.32 It hung from clasps and served as a separation between the holy place from the most holy place, where the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat, symbolizing God's presence, were laid. Exodus 26.33-34 the veil is also significant in the New Testament, in Mark 15:37 to 38 We see at the moment of Jesus' death on the cross, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Hebrews 10:19 19-22 explains the significance of this event. It says, quote, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have the confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, By a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Before, Israelites could not enter the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence, resided. Now, all who believe in Jesus Christ can have the confidence to draw near to God. Contrary to the Indiana Jones movies, the Ark was not relocated in 1936. The last recorded mention of the Ark of the Covenant's location in the Bible was Chronicles 35.2. He then instructed the Levites to put the holy Ark in the house that Solomon the son of David, king of Israel, built. You need not carry it on your shoulders. Now serve the Lord your God and his people of Israel. According to the Hebrew Bible, Solomon's Temple, also known as the First Temple, was the holy temple in ancient Jerusalem before its destruction by Nebuchadnezzar II, after the siege of Jerusalem of 587 before common Era. The period in which the First Temple stood in Jerusalem is known in academic literature as the First Temple Period. Before we dive into the different theories of where the Ark is and what exactly happened to it, I'd like to take a moment to hear from my good friend Colm over at Pieces of History Podcast. Hello, my name's Colm and I'm the host of Pieces of History, a podcast that delves into some renowned and lesser known events throughout history. Join me as I look at topics such as The Black Death, The Rise of Dubai, The Indrangeda, at least Third Mafia, New Amsterdam, The Czech Secret Service during the Cold War, the STB, plus many more. Season 1 has 10 episodes with two bonus shows, so there's plenty to get your teeth into. If you like what you hear, then stay tuned as season 2 is out on Wednesday, August 19th. Pieces of History is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pieces of History Pod. Go on and give Pieces of History a big old follow, and don't forget to check out Pieces of History Pod, which is his Instagram handle. If you enjoy listening to my ramblings, you will surely enjoy Column and all of the interesting topics he has covered. Now we left off at the destruction of the first temple of Jerusalem, where the Ark was believed to be housed. After the temple was destroyed in 587 BCE, the Ark seemingly vanished, never to be seen again. However, Professor Tom Meyer, a public speaker and college lecturer, believes there are clues about the Ark's secret whereabouts. He told Express Co. UK It was common for temples in the ancient Near East to have a designated space for sacred religious objects, which were the property of the deity worshipped there. According to the Bible, The temple in Jerusalem, built by King Solomon, had such designated storage areas hidden from the public eye in the bowels of the Temple Mount. It was in secret chambers like these, whose whereabouts were guarded by a secret few, that the Ark of the Covenant could have been hidden before the final Babylonian invasion of Judah in 586 B.C., which culminated with the destruction of Jerusalem and the Temple of Solomon. The Bible lists many treasures plundered and carried to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. But the biblical records do not mention the Ark of the Covenant, suggesting it may have never been stolen. The plundered treasures were later sent back to Jerusalem on the order of King Cyrus and were restored to the second Jewish temple. In total, some 5,400 objects were returned to the Israelites, but there is no mention of the Ark among these relics. Professor Meyer said Jewish sources in the second temple period tell us that after the Ark of the Covenant went missing, the Ark's former resting place remained empty in the second temple period. All that remained in the holy spot was a stone jutting above the ground at the height of three fingers. This is where the Ark of the Covenant once stood, where the Muslim dome of the rock rests today. Based on over a millennium of Jewish tradition, Maimonides, the famous 12th century AD Jewish sage, stated that when Solomon built the first Jewish temple, he was aware that it would ultimately be destroyed. Therefore, he constructed a chamber in which the Ark of the Covenant could be hidden below the temple's surface in a deep maze-like vault. There is also mention of the Israelite king, Josiah, hiding the Ark in a secret underground tunnel under Jerusalem's Temple Mount, under an area known as the Wood Storage in the 7th century BC. There are a few theories as to whether the Ark survived and where it could be now. Some of them are so far-fetched that I won't even mention, as there is no historical evidence backing the claims. Out of the thousands of conspiracies, there is one I'd like to explore, and that is the theory that the Ark is still intact to this day, and is held in a temple in Ethiopia. According to the Kibra Nagast, a great Ethiopian text dating back many centuries, the fate of the Ark was tied up in King Solomon's love life. The wise monarch had a romantic dalliance with the Queen of Sheba, who bore him a child, the I, Emperor of Ethiopia. Upon reaching adulthood, Menelik decided to visit his father in Jerusalem and ended up bringing the Ark back to him to Africa. After being kept for several hundred years, on the island of Tana Quirkos in Ethiopia. The Ark was eventually brought to the town of Aksum, where it has remained to this day. Shielded from the eyes of everybody except an appointed guardian, aside from a handful of priests, the guardian of the Ark is the only person who has access to it. Archaeologists and historians have tried to authenticate the proclaimed Ark, but the sole guardian will not let any eyes other than his own gaze upon it. To this day, the whereabouts of the Ark of the Covenant remain a mystery. Whether it was destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar in the sacking of Jerusalem, or survived and now resides in Ethiopia, the notion of the Ark of the Covenant never wavered in the question. Christi- the notion of the Ark of the Covenant never wavered in Christian faith, and still remains one of the world's most enticing mysteries. Thank you all so much for getting this far into the episode. You deserve a reward for listening to my ramblings for this long. As I mentioned earlier, I recently hit the 500 listeners mark, which is super exciting for me. This wouldn't be possible without all of the work put in by all of you. Please continue to like, follow, and share this podcast, and I will continue to put out the best history content I can. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and remember, we are all trapped in history, and history is trapped in all of us.